safe to ask them. Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. Kill everyone now. Condone first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, welcome to Astro Radio Z. Last year, dear listeners, we have been spending our time and I've probably alienated 75% of my audience and probably made them go away. It's like, is this all he's going to fucking do now? He's just going to come on here and watch Andy Milligan movies in perpetuity for the rest of his podcast. Well, fuck this guy. I think I think there's so many more true crime podcasts I should devote my time to. 
<laughs> that uh, I'll no longer listen to Astro Radio Z. But folks, let me ease your mind. Our year of Andy Milligan is finally coming to a close tonight. We're finishing up by talking about two, ironically enough, I, I didn't realize that we didn't plan this this way, but it just happened. We're finishing this up with two surgical movies, two movies that have doctors at the center of them. First one being the 1972 Jekyll and Hyde adaptation, which totally blew me the fuck away when I started it up. The Man with Two Heads. And then Andy Milligan's final movie made in 1990, The Unfortunate Surgical. And with me for the final time talking about Andy Milligan, hopefully in my entire life, and it has nothing to do with you two boys, it entirely has to do with Andy Milligan, is Evan and Vaughn. They both have very conflicting opinions as to how they feel about get reaching this point finally after an entire year of slugging through what I believe was 19 to 20 films of Andy Milligan. Slugging, slugging. through. That's, that's a lot. That's a, that's a real fucking hard word to say. Slugging no, through. I say it very easily. There was at least, at least six of these films you really like. So you're saying, saying slugging through. Come on. I say that too. It, it was a slog. You slog. You started this, so we don't even start this bullshit slog. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I was ignorant. Quote, unquote, like six films. Quote, unquote, like six films. We're talking about relative to what's surrounding them. We're not talking about, hey, what are you doing today, Derek? Oh, I think I'm going to toss on an Andy Milligan movie. Words that never come out of my mouth. I think I've exhausted my uh, want or need or curiosity for Andy Milligan. This will be the final time <laughs> I've ever watched it. I could be more ecstatic, but uh, Vaughn, how do you feel finally reaching to this point after all this time and us devoting all this energy to talking about Andy Milligan and finally seeing everything he's done? This is the worst day ever. <laughs> the you, worst. Sound like, you sound like Scott Davis. <laughs> felt like Scott Davis when we ran out of witchcraft films. Yeah. Well, yeah, ooh, ooh. Um, that's that. Yeah, talking about trash. I mean, come on. Uh, like somebody asked, what was I saw on Twitter somebody asked what kind of subgenre you liked, and I said David Okoto films, and they're like, huh? I was like, okay. <laughs> so you like dudes walking around in whitey tidies? Is what? Oh you're yeah, saying. I, I, I love it. I, I love it. I love that, and I love and I love guys who are insane. Writing some of the best classic comedies of the last thirty years. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, can Evan, let's 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 cut Vaughn off here before he, he says some things that really <laughs> everyone's going to stop listening to my podcast because of them. Um, well, how do you feel finally getting to this point? Relieved. Completely relieved. <laughs> uh, not yeah, only that we right? just, I, and it's not the same. It, I would have been relieved halfway through if we decided to stop. But I'm more relieved now because <laughs> we've done it. We actually did it. We reached the pinnacle. We reached the top of the mountain. We can high five. We can high five each other, look each other in the eye and walk the fuck away. And and the other thing is, I was I was thinking about this. We're we're probably in pretty rare company as far as I mean, I won't I won't say I'm a, I didn't read the biography or anything, but there can't be that many people 
that have such recent experience with all of his movies. Like we know this guy more than most people. Or anybody that actually willingly sat down and watched all of them, sometimes multiple times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But anyways, this is it, boys. We're ending this. And I couldn't be more happier, really. This was an up and down kind of journey for me. There were times, as Vaughn had said, I I kind of enjoyed it. Kind of. But most of it, oh, no way, dude. This was, I've been complaining about this all for a fucking year. I'm ready to move back into regular Astro Radio Z land where I can watch some good trash, not just yeah. trash trash. Like Danzig. Yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, fucking good movies. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> that was a, oh my God. You already heard my whole musings on that fucking bullshit. Yeah. I don't I need to go into it. Mean, whole damn thing. I'm amazed you guys got two and a half hours of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even realize it was that long until we stopped recording and I looked up and I'm like, holy fuck, we talked for two and a half hours about Veronica. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's a thing that won't end. Now, everyone's talking about Veronica. Oh, yeah. It's like nonstop. Well, the Blu-ray is finally out there when he's like, oh, we got to see this. No. I know. No, no. Just like what we're going to talk about tonight, folks. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the good film tonight. Andy Milligan's Jekyll and Hyde movie, The Man with Two Heads. So uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dan. This is The Bottom Rat. bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle and i've got a fun one here well i say it's fun i'm gonna have a lot of fun talking about this one this movie was freaking rad you probably won't but you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and i will admit i'll probably prattle on because this kind of thing gets me excited but before it gets me excited let's talk about something that doesn't video game movies (laughs) when uh when's the last time you saw a good video game movie Because I could honestly probably count it on one hand, the number of good ones. And I kind of have a personal grudge against Silent Hill, but that's still like the best one. As far as video game adaptation, out of all the myriad that they've done, everything from, uh, let's see, DOA has been one, Street Fighter, the infamous Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, Max Payne. Boy, you talk about disappointment. Doom. Yeah, just, oh, God. I I almost want to cry. About to, y'all stop. It's dampening my happy mood. Anyway, <clears throat> I watched Doom Annihilation. Now let's preface this for those of you who don't know or who might care, if you even care at all. I am a really big Doom fan. <laughs> and that's an understatement to say the least. I am a really big Doom fan. It we all have our own stories and stuff. And I'm, you know, it means a lot to a lot of people. Apparently, you know, I mean, it's such a high selling game and high scoring game stuff, but just, just in media reviews. But, you know, this is one of those when I was a kid and 
playing Nintendo, but I'd always been a PC gamer as well, like with my cousins and stuff. So, you know, I played Wolfenstein 3D and was just like, wow, this is cool. And then I saw Doom and the rest is history. Just blew my mind. And I raised my little brother on Doom. That's all we are is just Doom, Heretic, yada, yada. You get the idea. <laughs> and anyone that is a, has known me long enough will understand this. So imagine my disappointment. <laughs> Let's fast forward a few years. And uh, imagine my disappointment seeing the uh, Carl Urban and Dwayne Johnson vehicle doom. And I mean, everything about that movie was really cool. Oh, let me adjust the microphone real quick. Sorry. Everything about that movie was really cool, except for one crucial aspect. And I will get to this crucial aspect momentarily. There are things about that Doom movie that was really cool. Um, certain things, I mean, it did right. Richard Brake's character was greasy and you felt slimy with him. Like every character in that movie did their part. The Rock was Sarge and was really cool. And Carl Urban actually played, I mean, he wasn't a Doom guy, but he played a pretty cool Doom guy. And it just, there that first person sequence was so cool. Him going through there and shooting. But they left out one and crucial aspect to Doom. They are demons. They are demonic. They are evil spirits that possess people. They want to bring hell to earth. They are demons. And however you want to reinterpret this is fine. That's all well and good. But they are demonic. They are otherworldly. They are not... And that's the problem. See, yeah, I told y'all. I told y'all at the beginning of this. I told y'all too. Watch me. I told y'all I was going to be rambling. Doom, the Carl Urban movie and all, didn't have any of that. It took away the very essence of what Doom was all about. The heavy metal, speed metal, thrashy, nice little chunky, riffy soundtrack, lots of gore, and blatant, overt, satanic imagery. It is what it is. I mean, that's it. And that's what the Doom movie did not have. So let's fast forward a few more years because I could seriously, I told you all I could talk forever about Doom. And that's not just be like standing on my soapbox. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm off. Yeah, hear me. OK, I'm off the soapbox now. That's it. That's just I wanted to preface this by by mentioning that, because in case anybody ever gave a shit what my opinion was on that other Doom movie, it was that it was a cool movie. They just left out that one crucial aspect that makes doom unique that makes doom doom and as i know it sounds hokey believe me <laughs> i i get it it just it is what it is just try to play doom without knowing that these are evil spirits and demonic creatures from the pits of what we would imagine as hell and they've built on the mythos with the new doom and all that but still it is what it is so when you take that away you don't have doom You've just got Wolfenstein, honestly. I mean, it, and Wolfenstein's great in Wolfenstein, sort of. But I mean, you know, even they had zombies too. So I, I say all that to say <clears throat> I watched Doom Annihilation. And man, you talk about hesitance. And this is what you get. <laughs> this is, this is, we get many things here. And a lot of them I get from the bottom rack. And so this is, I saw this at Walmart, I saw the Blu ray. And a whole lot of emotions passed through me when I saw this thing on the shelf. It wasn't on the bottom shelf. It was like next to the bottom. So, I mean, and that right there hurt. I mean, I felt it. That hurt. 
we're talking about one of my favorite games of my favorite franchises. And I mean, I'll tell you, like, I told you, I'm rambling, but one of my favorite games of my entire life, Doom 3. You count them on one hand, that game's going to be up there in the top five, maybe even the top three. Like, <laughs> I think I'm really understating what Doom 3, not to say the original Doom, but just what Doom 3 did to me. So anyway, <clears throat> I went through all kinds of emotions when I saw this thing called Doom Annihilation on the next to the bottom rack at Walmart. Shock, outrage, uh, then just cynicism just washed over me in waves because it was just, I hadn't even heard of it. Hadn't even heard about it. You would think, to see, Doom came out in 2016, the video game. And so you would think if they were going to make a movie about it, there'd be advertising. You would think, there would be something, but this just comes out with no advertising, no nothing. What we call it, and um, friends that listen to me, I will go ahead and say that you you probably hear this a lot, and by it <laughs> by this point, you know I don't mean anything like this personally. But it is true; it was a Netflix dump. Now I have a lot of friends. I mean, if you just get a movie on Netflix, hell yeah, I'm your champion. But this is what I'm talking about is this is such a high profile franchise that it gets a Netflix dump. In other words, there was no fanfare, no music, no commercials, no thrashy little MIDI soundtrack, nothing. It just quietly appears on Netflix and the next to the bottom shelf at Walmart. I didn't even watch it. (laughs) I expunged it (laughs) from my memory. I forgot this thing was even around. And it was just one of those, mm, I just ain't even going to look at it. I'll go watch something else. I'll watch Ouija Room or something. I ain't even watching this. <laughs> and Ouija Room was actually kind of cool. But regardless, I didn't watch Doom Annihilation at all. Nope. I want no part of it. Well, then I get a text from my brother. <clears throat> and, you know, just that text was, dude, have you watched that new Doom movie? And, of course, Captain Cynical here. I was like, no, watch that stupid thing. It was that Netflix dump straight video. And yeah, you sit here and chuckle because I know a bunch of y'all did the same thing. I read your posts on Facebook, so don't even. Anyway, (laughs) my brother texted me (laughs) about if I'd seen Doom. I was like, no. And he told me, he was like, he told me I should. He really enjoyed it. And I was like, it can't be. And it's just funny. I fell prey to my own cynicism. Mostly, normally, I'll sit there and watch a movie and be like, yeah, you know, I'll watch anything. Throw it, throw it at me. Let's watch it. If I hate it, I hate it. If I like it, I like it. And if I do a podcast about it, I'll tell you about it. It just, it is what it, but you know, it's just one, it meant so much to me. I'm guessing I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to be disappointed. Again, this man, we grew up, y'all know this, we have grown up. The video game AVGN said it the best. The nerds said it the best. Is that when you saw Super Mario Brothers the movie and we were expecting some great glorious movie with Mario and Luigi when in all actuality we were just sitting there waiting for a camel to take a big shit in our face. That's what <laughs> that's what it has felt like all of these years when these video game movies come out because they all suck. And I don't want a retelling of the film or the, of the game per se, but it's just none of them have ever done it right. The only one that's come close has been Silent Hill. That's come the closest. So, and that 
I'm just probably absolutely the closest. But like I said, I'm putting a little bit of personal inflection into that. But this isn't Silent Hill. This is Doom. Doom Annihilation. (laughs) Ten minutes. I have wasted your time. (laughs) Probably more after I get done with the cool little music and stuff that I'm going to add to this. But regardless, ten minutes, you're lucky. Uh, You're lucky I'm only talking about Doom for this little bit of time. Telling you, Doom Annihilation. Bottom line, I freaking love this movie. This movie was awesome. Don't look at IMDb. Don't look at, you know what? I mean, I kind of tell people this. Don't look at Facebook. Get the fuck off Facebook, honestly. Please. Sorry, personal, but just don't. Live your life. Doom Annihilation. Would you like to hear my opinion on Doom Annihilation? I've given you my credentials, my pedigree. Friends of mine would know that I feel I am qualified to speak <laughs> at length. You might even call me a scholar of the subject. Uh I have written extensively. I've written several songs about it. I've written one, two. I've written one EP, an album, an electronica album, and a Nightkeep album. <laughs> All about this. Okay. <sighs> like I said, I'll ramble on about this. Doom Annihilation came out in 2019 with a whisper, maybe even a whimper, onto the next to the bottom shelf at Walmart. It's rated 3.6 stars on IMDb. It's got 5,500 some odd reviews. Don't pay any attention to that. I honestly wish I hadn't have told you, but I I know a bunch of you are probably looking at IMDb now or going to just to kind of see what the hell it is I'm talking about. It's Doom Annihilation. So let's pull up the cover of this bad boy since that's what we do here because we're given a promise. <laughs> when you... When you look at the cover, <laughs> all right, it's not the greatest. Even I'll admit that. It just, I saw this on Netflix. Remember, I spurned this at Walmart. When I find this Blu ray, I will buy it. Okay. It, y'all ever see Donnie Dark? What the hell am I talking about? Of course, y'all have. All right. Y'all know that rabbit, I think the rabbit thing from Donnie Darko? That's what, <laughs> that's what this cover looks like. It looks like that rabbit thing for Donnie Darko, and you've got Doom up top with the 3D logo that is the, it's the same font as the video game, so I will give them credit, and you know, and I, I mean, you get an A off of that. Of course, they had to tweak it a little bit. They can't rip it directly from the game, but as I zoom in, it looks like they might have, they add a little stone texture to it, and underneath it's got Annihilation, and it's got some glowy and a lens flare. The demon creature in the background when you glance at it on the shelf, it's like, what the hell is this? And you're more concerned that they made a Doom movie and less concerned with the box art. <laughs> Upon closer inspection of the box art, I mean, it could be better. But then again, I mean, it's CGI, but you can't tell. You know, I mean, it's like half CGI, hand drawn. The It's got this demon thing snarling at you. I would guess that that is an imp. But I am not sure because the imps do not necessarily look like that. It might be a Baron of Hell uh, if you're familiar with the game. But again, I don't know. So regard- it's a demon. So there's no other tale. It just says Doom Annihilation. And we get this demon, slobbering demon on the cover. So we've been given a promise. Does this movie deliver? I will get there. Aliens has done many things, <laughs> notably being my favorite film of my life. Yeah, I know. It, it is what it is. Not necessarily my favorite horror film. It's in the top five. But Aliens is my favorite movie. So I say that to say you're ever since that film, when you watch a sci-fi movie with military people, it's you're gonna it's gonna have those tropes. It, you're gonna have the archetype, and for damn good reason, it's a good movie. 
Cameron established those archetypes in that film absolutely perfectly, and then the actors themselves breathe life into those characters. And I'm not talking about aliens. I'm just saying you're going to have scenes like that where they come out of hypersleep. You're going to have the little banter between the Marines and stuff. And nowadays, I'll just go ahead and say it. You're going to pray to God that it is not so nauseating and just, oh, God, because you just know it's coming. You, just, <laughs> you can see the tropes. You know what? I don't even have to go into the tropes. You know they're coming. I'm telling you, this movie is one Katie Sackoff away from being the worst piece of shit I would ever see. It's it's not. I'm just saying. Let me put it this way. If I saw Katie Sackoff's face on the cover or anywhere in the credit line, I still wouldn't have watched this piece. Uh, it's not a piece of shit. I would have called it that and never watched it. I'm telling you. Because the first 10 minutes are going to feel like that. It's awful. It's, oh, God. You, just, you know it's coming, and it's not going to be as good. Yeah. Get through that. Let me give you the synopsis, and this is the IMDb synopsis here. Doom Annihilation follows a group of UAC Marines as they respond to a distress call from a top-secret scientific base on Phobos, a Martian moon, only to discover it's been overrun by demons who threaten to create hell on Earth. That's a pretty... In some cases, it's a pretty cool synopsis because that's exactly what I want. And in other cases, it's kind of stupid. It's like, you know what this is. If you're reading the synopsis, first of all, it starts with follows a group of UAC Marines. You know, they should have put Doom Annihilation. They're assuming that you've read the cover art before you go into that. And then they call, you know, Secret Scientific based on Phobos, a Martian moon. Statistically speaking, if you've looked at this cover and are reading the synopsis, you know what Phobos is. Like Phobos, Demos, Demos, however you want to pronounce it, they're Martian moons. But again, I'll forget. That's just, once again, nitpicking. Forgive me. This is franchise is important to me. <laughs> it was directed by Tony, I guess it's Giglio. Um, never heard of him. Not sure if he's a Italian, American, what is an Italian name? I don't know if it's like a Ben Affleck, like Gigli, or if it's like Giglio. <laughs> Regardless, Tony. Probably Anthony. The stars are nobody that you've ever heard of. I don't think so. Amy Manson. Like she's top billing and that's it. Like it's a whole bunch of no name people with it. First character, main character, Amy Manson. She plays the character of Lieutenant Joan Dark. Ah, what is that name? Uh, if you're gamers, you probably recognize the name Joanna Dark from the game Perfect Dark. So that was a little nod to that franchise. It, the story, have you played Doom? Because honestly, the story is about two inches thick. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a big book. It's about two pages thick. Seriously. There's a Martian. I can explain all this without getting too big in the movie and without spoilers, because I'm not going to spoil this film. But you've played the game. You've heard of the game. You know what's happening. There's a Martian base that they're uh, experimenting teleportation. Depending on the game that you play, it could be that they find a relic. It could be that they're just it's an experimentation state like they're experimenting with gene therapy and stuff it's just kind of like a black ops a black site area 51 type thing black mesa for you half-life fans that's what they're doing the uac is the united aerospace corporation fans of the night keep will recognize a whole lot of things that i borrowed took and stole from this to add into my own flavor and stuff but the uac is this all-powerful company interplanetary company and they do terraforming and stuff so anyway they're on mars and they've got a lab and they're in this case, working on extra dimensional teleportation, basically a quick way to send workers from Earth to Mars and back to Earth and back to Mars. The opening sequence of the movie 
you get the dude stepping into the teleporter. Kudo points, big major points go for them showing the teleporter that is reminiscent of Doom 3. If you remember, you step into the teleporter of Doom 3 and you get like those... Ah! And it does like this high pitch screaming, and it looks like you're traveling at high speed through Satan's colon. It kind of gives you that on the outside of it. But anyway, so dude teleports in, you see bad stuff, dude comes out, there he is, ha ha, he made it. And he starts attacking, and then it's all hell breaks loose, literally. (laughs) Again, no spoiler, you knew this was going to happen. Cue in bringing in the shuttle with your marine troops, the tropes and troops, (laughs) both terms. They land down, have to find out what happens. You have certain characters in this movie. Uh, oh, like, for, for instance, Dr. Malcolm Betruger. Fans of Dune 3 would recognize that name. Um, then let's see. Oh, yeah, there's uh, Easter eggs galore. Again, trying not to stumble over this. I don't want to spoil anything, but there are Easter eggs galore. For instance, the first corpse that they find, the first dead body that they find, I think it was the first one of the dead bodies. It's notable because they look at his ID card, a blue key card, mind you, <laughs> to unlock the door. I think it was blue. Regardless, if you look at the name on the key card, it's Blaskovich. Uh, so fans of Wolfenstein 3D would recognize B.J. Blaskovich. There is a doctor named Carmack, creator of one of the creators of Doom. It's just little Easter eggs all through this. Again, I'm not spoiling the story. This thing was made by it. Honestly, I will tell you, I know I hit the 20 minute mark, but let me just say this movie was a love letter. There's a fine line like making a movie where it's completely ripping something off. And trying to dance that line as being a love letter. I'm not advertising my own stuff, but if you've heard my album Ex Tenebris by the Night Keep, I tried to do that. I at times I call it a straight ripoff, but it it was it is a love letter to this genre, to this franchise, to Aliens and Doom and Event Horizon. All three they just they feel so similar, especially Doom and Event Horizon. This movie feels like that it feels like it was made it has to it was made by a fan it was made by somebody who knew this series who knew this franchise was involved in making this movie there is way too there are way too many similarities to it there is a mixture It, it seems like they ran out of money for the special effects i will say because you've got zombies and these things haul ass too these aren't your to like you get into me here and they're just slow and so nah these are your Zack Schneider hauling ass zombies and it's really cool and so they haul ass at you and you got gore shooting out really nice gore effects with gunplay going on a mixture of CGI but it gets more and more as the movie progresses because you can tell they kind of <laughs> they probably ran out of money on the practical effects it, because. There's a lot of good effects work in this. It, it feels indie, and maybe it is horribly indie, like grossly indie, but you know what? I was so invested in watching this thing. I loved it. The payoff was great. Is that I, I forgive this, I, honestly. It probably gets a 3.6 because everybody's like, it's a total ripoff, it's total bullshit, blah, 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 blah. I look at this as an endearing homage to Doom. Looking at like some of the... uh. Some of the trivia it says that the creators of Doom 2016 didn't allow the the film crew to have they weren't allowed to use anything from the new Doom in there in their movie. So everything which is you know what I love the new Doom that's fine. But like I said, Doom Three is one of my favorite games. This 
feels like Doom 3 the movie. It kicks off like that. I will say one thing, it's not dark enough. And that's just, <laughs> it's like, because Doom 3 is such an exercise in terror, is that I would, it would have been really cool if they'd have just kept it dark and really isolated with only flashlights. But I mean, that's, you can't do that. I mean, I understand it. So that's fine. That's like my little nitpick thing. All the set pieces in this film, when you watch this thing, look at the set pieces, y'all. They like, they were, crafted they watched the game they played this game some of the stages were made i mean seriously i'm looking at some of these stages and it looked like stages out of the game i could recognize things the coloring was slightly different you know it wasn't identical but hot damn it was so close it, it seriously this was total fan service and not in a bad way i happen to feel they did it very well the music it uh, all right, this is totally subjective, and this is not even me. I'm just, again, one of my favorite franchises, so I will nitpick this one just a little harder than normal, possibly. I, I wish it had a little thrashier soundtrack. I could tell, I could tell, and when you watch it, you probably can too, they're going for the more Mick Gordon feel, <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> it was such a good soundtrack from the 2016 game, but Doom 3 had that real visceral, raw dark ambient that slowly built up, you know, with the industrial metal style, not as genty as Mick Gordon, where Mick Gordon goes real gent and real dubstepy at times. Doom 3 stayed more Nine Inch Nails, Chris Vrenna, you know, instrumental Marilyn Manson kind of sort of darky feel to it. Hard, it's hard to explain but when you, if you watch this and that's I'm not saying the score is bad. Please don't. They, the score is awesome. I just, that was me nitpicking, maybe a little thrashier. Just, I, you know, once again, the set pieces are fantastic. The Easter eggs are wonderful. The gunplay is cool. You can tell there is, they have a BFG. No spoiler. Again, you've played Doom. You know it's coming. I mean, I think they even tease you with a picture of the BFG earlier on. You know it's coming. The gun, that gun is about the only one that looks fake. The other guns, there was there might be one or two scenes where you can tell that they used after effects for the muzzle flash. I can't remember though. So again, that's just that's just to let you know the indie nature of this film. However, you could have fooled me. It's seriously, this thing was so cool. To hell with this three, literally, <laughs> to hell with this 3.6 on IMDb, honestly. And I don't care what, and now if you've seen it and you hate it, cool, far out, that's fine. If you have not seen Doom Annihilation and you are a pretty big Doom fan, a casual Doom fan, or you just want to see some people run around a Mars base killing things with machine guns and seeing blood, I mean, you're going to enjoy it. Do they go to hell? Yeah. No spoiler. You know it's going to, well, if you're a fan, if you've <laughs> been suckered by these uh, video game movies in the past, you're probably wondering. So, as I mean, this is pretty close to the game. It is. Oh yeah, there is a payoff. I will say that's probably one of the weakest points of the film. But that again, no spoiler because getting there was a whole hell of a lot of fun, and I totally meant that pun. Uh, probably the worst thing in this, honestly, is the dialogue, the banter. The dialogue is stupid, and <laughs> it it is. 
maybe if they'd have spent a little more time on, and I'm not saying the actors were bad. You could tell they weren't a, maybe, possibly, probably. I mean, they're not a list, at least not around here. Not none that we know. It just maybe if they'd have spent more time together, like with Aliens, you know, the cast had to go through. They went through boot camp together. And they filmed Aliens in reverse. So all their action sequences and stuff were done while they were, the actors were getting familiar with each other and stuff. And that's why by the end, whenever they were sitting there in the, in the mess hall on the Sulaco laughing and joking and stuff and it felt real, that's because that was they filmed those scenes last. And so there was a real camaraderie with the people, you know. You don't really get that in Doom Annihilation. And I mean, again, I think it's budgetary constraints. And apparently, I mean, nobody gave a damn about this movie. Nobody wanted to be involved with this movie. Nobody wanted to give it any kind of blessing or anything whatsoever. This thing's on Facebook. Oh, it's on Facebook. This thing's on Netflix. You have watched worse. I've watched worse. You could do a lot worse. I'm telling you, man, turn your brain off, grab some popcorn, maybe play some Doom before you watch this. Maybe watch this and then play Doom. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, if you want the unholy or a nice little weekender, maybe, I don't know, maybe a spring breaker, because this will take a, you, you'll want to watch the black hole. Yes, the Disney film. Then watch Event Horizon. Then play Doom, Doom 2, Doom, or if you want to skip all that, after Event Horizon, play Doom 3. Then Resurrection of Evil, and then Doom 64. And then if you want a nice little break in between, play or watch Doom Annihilation. Then move on into the new Doom, and then Doom Eternal comes out March 20th. This has been a commercial for Doom. I am not <laughs> a paid spokesman for Doom. I wish I was. No, seriously. Doom Annihilation. It, God knows. It's 30 minutes of me talking about this movie. By this point, you can tell I have enjoyed it. Did the cover live up? Did the box art live up to this film? Yeah. Actually, the film was better because the box art it's a little too revealing and it's not revealing enough if that makes any sense watch it man just seriously you've you've seen worse it's on netflix hell it's basically free most people forget they pay for netflix if you get a blu-ray of, i mean support this guy. honestly if this dude it, it's a love letter to doom and it get i mean i give i give it my stamp of approval this has been a 30 minute bottom rack doom spectacular doom annihilation i love it Honestly, actually, hell, I think I'm going to go watch it again. Like, no, I got to do something anyway. But regardless, I am Daniel. This has been The Bottom Rack. Thank you for listening, and I will holler at y'all later. You are listening to Astro Radio Z.
So I got a genuine question for both of you dudes. Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea going into this week? And, and Vaughn, I bet you you probably did. But did you have any idea going into this week that our first movie, The Man with Two Heads, was actually a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie? I, I knew because I because I'd seen these ones. I didn't I didn't know that. I think I knew it, though, before I started it, because I believe that on your Flex server, it's there's a little descriptor. Okay, so you actually read the descriptor. I didn't. I went into this cold as shit, not knowing a single goddamn thing. We fired it up because every every one of these episodes, we try to host uh, group screenings for people to sit and watch these. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in. Scott Davis had the HD version of this on his Plex instead of the shitty YouTube version that I had. That's the one I have. <laughs> that YouTube one, was that was washed out. Well, of course, um, Code Red put it out on Blu-ray, so that's why there's a nice DHD version of it now. And it looks good. So I went in not knowing a damn thing. We fired this up, and partial way through, I'm like, oh, this is just Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I don't even know if we really need to even say a plot description of this movie. If you know what the hell the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is, you know what the man with two heads is. There's no difference at all. We're the Evan, did you see any difference between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the in Andy Milligan's version? I was looking for some kind of Milligan distinctive element. And the only thing that I came up with, and I'm not I'm not even sure that this wasn't in the original, but when he is Mr. Hyde, he specifically references Desaad. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's in the original story or not. And there's a possible, there was a possible intimation of a brother-sister kind of thing going on. Just, but I'm always looking for that in Andy Milligan now. So, well, you kind of expect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, like the chop. We got the chopped off hands within the first like 15 minutes of yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. There's no Quasimodo, but we the um, assistant. Was the guy that played Dirk? Yep. Yeah, he could have. If only he had a humpback, it it would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, But this is a fairly straight-laced adaptation. I mean, it looks shitty like an Andy Milligan movie. Half the shit isn't in focus. How dare you? Oh, oh, come on (laughs) now. They have, they have, (laughs) there's scenes where there's like people talking that aren't even in frame. Exactly. This was no, this must have been shot around great. the same. Yeah, it must have been shot around the same time that they did the Bloodthirsty Butchers because it has a lot of the same no, characteristics. Well, what, what I mm. what I from the book when I read in the book is that yeah, all those three films were made at the same time. Bloodthirsty Butchers, Rats Are Coming, and this were all made in around the same time because he he came to England for like a deal. He had a deal with like a private screening group to make five films. He made two, and he got into a fight with the guys, the owner's father, who didn't like him. Uh, so he had to go back to Michigan and, you know, he was broke and he needed money to get home. So he made three films pretty much to get him back, get him back to America. So, you know, and this, and this is out, out of those, I, I know I, I, I love the rats are coming, but I really like this film <laughs> compared to that. It's like, it's, it's really good. This is easily the best of the yeah. England movies. There's yeah. it by far, except for, the plotting is a bit slow. Um, the the first half hour of this movie really lags. I mean, it's 
it, yeah. there's really nothing goes on, especially when you realize that it's just the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story that you're, you, you're kind of anticipating certain plot beats to start up and you, and they really take their time. There's these classroom scenes where, Oh my God, I was just checking the time, the entire fucking scene. So, I mean, if you can slug through that, mm-hmm. um, you, the, the highlight of this movie, and I think probably the highlight of all of Andy Milligan's career are the hide sequences yeah. of this movie. For, for the first time ever, we have the most purest distillation of Andy Milligan's id on screen. Mr. Hyde literally becomes a sadist in front of our eyes. And Milligan does not spare a second. He gets right to it. And we sit with him torturing people for a good, like half of this movie. Evan, yeah. What did you think of once we got to the the Mr. Hyde sequences and how far Milligan pushed these things? Oh, yeah. Compared like like what you mentioned. So it takes a long time to get to that point. You know, you're set you're setting up the plot, basically telling the audience that this is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And then once it goes to Mr. Hyde, it really doesn't it doesn't really let up much. There's brief moments where he's sort of back to normal, but even those he's sort of schizo and he's blinking in and out of, of, of Mr. Hyde. But when he's, you know, terrorizing uh, this woman, April, it's long. Like it, (laughs) he's enjoying each, each minute of just uh, berating her and demeaning her. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I definitely thought the same thing. I was like, this is kind of like Milligan. He wants this, <laughs> you know? Um, and I also thought that that actor was really pretty good. Like he was a good actor, I thought. Easily one of the best actors I've ever seen in one of his movies. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that entire sequence with the hooker, when he they go back to her place, it gets to the point where Hyde, literally just it, it kind of like that one sequence in the bloodthirsty butchers where suddenly there there's like a fourth wall break where we we hear Andy Milligan directly talking through through his characters uh, fucking Hyde tells this woman Yep. <laughs> and I at that point I'm just like, oh shit. And he makes her he makes her bark. Yeah. And and this sequence goes on forever. After that point, once we get the first height sequence, this movie becomes a fever dream. Mm-hmm. The camera is handheld and it's manic. The portrayal of Hyde by that actor, spot on. It makes it an entirely different movie. Yeah. So if you can slug through the first 30 minutes, holy shit. You got a fucking movie on your hands. I wish Milligan would have played more straight laced and kind of more sadistic with his monster movies like this. Mm-hmm. I would have probably liked them. Vaughn, do you know more about the production of this movie through the book? No, from, from the book, it's just like he, what I know is that after he lost the jo- the one job after he did Nightbirds and what is it? He did Bloodthirsty Butchers and Nightbirds together. Those were for that one group. 
he got fired and he had to get money together. Michigan kind of got him work, you know, gave him money to kind of make movies, which you read, if you read in the book, Michigan never really gave him anything. (laughs) Like always fucked him and kind of screwed him over on money. Um, Never gave him the right share of what he owed, you know, for him or made him pay. Um, I put that quote about Jews on my Twitter last week because that's something Andy talked about. He was talking about straightly about how that was pretty much about Michigan because Michigan was Jewish. And it's just like, you know, they're not bad people. They just, they're real cheap. (laughs) It's like, fuck. But like, it was, it's just, he cobbled people together. People he met, maybe, you know, he met people from other actors that he was working with, with with Keeler, because he popped up in every one of those films in that, in that whole five rows that he was in there. And he just kind of like he did when he was in New York, he would just be, Hey, you're an actor. You want to be an actor? Come on, just come work with me. And then kind of, you know, one take shots uh, and kind of ran through it like a hurricane. And it's just, it's amazed that you, you can see what he got. Like you can, you definitely tell that film was shot in two apartments. All the science stuff was shot in his bedroom and the rest of it shot in the living room. Some really bad lighting in this one too. Uh, yeah. Like the- well, and bad sound. I mean, the hallmarks of Andy Milligan's, yeah. you know, production work are all over, especially yeah. for that era. Cause that's pretty typical. I mean, after we've seen bloodthirsty butchers, there's a lot of remnants of that style all through this, but for some reason, he got it right on this movie yeah. for the most part. Quick question. Uh, Derek, you, you said something about this turning into sort of like a fever dream um, in the second half. There was a scene that I couldn't figure out. The, the camera was moving too crazy. The, the place was too smoky. I couldn't tell what was going on, but it looked like almost like it was like a hell scene. Almost like yep. that, like the end of... Uh, blood moon or something like the burning moon yeah the burning moon like like i I was like what the hell is going on there's tons of people it looks like some kind of orgy of death and i didn't know what 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 it was i think you nailed it it almost feels a lot to me like you remember the that whole orgy vampire scene at the end of the body beneath Yes, yes. It it feel felt a lot like that. The the whole ending of this movie, that's why I kind of liked it more than just about anything else he's ever done, is because for once all of that made sense. It actually worked. He thought through this <laughs> and made a real movie more than just about anything else he ever did. Mm-hmm. For a horror movie, yeah. this is probably the most genuine horror movie he ever made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. You're you're definitely right about that because it just it's so to the T of the original story. Yes. The whole decide thing, I don't think is actually part of it. I think it's just, he wanted to add some more sadism to the character, but it's definitely the, the story that you're watching on the film is definitely to the line of what Jack on Hyde is all about. Well, there's also elements that he took from Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. that are, that are tossed in there as yeah. well. But after you learn a little bit more about Milligan and how he was in real life to people that he found sexually attractive, this movie reeks of him. Like all of those scenes of Hyde sound like things that after reading some of that book, holy shit. This is him playing. He he actually gets to make a movie based around his kink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's but if you if you you read you read the book, you find that's just like it's just the abuse that he dealt with as a child is just kind of he's kind of manifested in his own reality in his own reality. You know, he had a, he had a very abusive mother who kind of lied and stealed and tr- and treated herself like the queen, and you know he was just pretty much the same way. He was a, you know, 
a shyster and a charlatan and he liked to be you know he wanted to control every goddamn thing and people either liked him or hated him and that's pretty much it you know he didn't give a shit <laughs> i love that kind of shit <laughs> i love that too when it's like you read stuff about how he would just troll like 42nd street for for tricks and for sex and just do whatever the hell he wanted and he would just come home back to staten island with like you know shaking like a cat with his shoes off walking up the street with his shoes off looking like someone hit him across the face with a bat you know what i mean he just didn't care and he just could right. it was a time when you could just do that you could be a fucking creep and a freak and people wouldn't look you know too far past you well a lot of the that too is that in that goes over into this uh man with two heads yeah. in the way that Hyde is is that sex didn't mean penetration it didn't mean nope. what we normally think of as sex that he got sexual gratification based off of harming others mm-hmm. off of the pain he inflicted on others yeah you can definitely tell that it's his thing because the whole film is like his id you know what i mean you have the you know even though like Jack, dr hyde is kind of like you know, a very prim and proper guy. He has that anger to him. He gets mad at certain points and kind of is able to hold it back. And then you have Hyde, who's just completely off the wall. And when you read the book or anything about Milligan, is that's how people kind of related to him. He was at times this kind of fade, you know, homo. And he was this, at times he would also be this raging madman. He had that split, but sometimes it was much more to the crazier part to him than the normal part of him. Seeing how there's really not a ton to dissect with this movie because it's such a straight laced ad- adaptation yeah. of uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Evan, how did you come out on this one? Did you end up liking this? Uh, it was okay. I I think that I I probably would have had a better time watching that HD version. Honestly, like the one that was from I guess YouTube. Yeah, like you mentioned YouTube. Out. Yeah, yeah. It was so. It was like watching. I don't know what it was like. It was it was completely whitewashed. Yeah, it was like a, oh. it was like a thirty five millimeter print that was like left in the sun for way too long. Yeah, it's so shot. So I would probably give it another shot with a a better version. Maybe it'll come out in the Severn box. Well, I definitely think you should seek out the a decent version of this because this is just as good as the, at least the transfer that I saw as any of the other England movies. Yeah. It, it has a lot of the same look. There's a lot of the, the same blue day for night bullshit. Um, the sound is, it is what it is. I mean, he, I, I read somewhere that his technique for capturing sound was to get the boom mic and lay it on the ground. Because in theater, and this is this is something a live sound engineer has to deal with, um, they capture for auditoriums, they use what are called PZM mics, which are these mics that catch reflections off of the ground. Right. Because it's a hardwood floor, mostly on stages, uh, it's a very reflective surface. So the sound that, that comes out of a person's mouth will go directly down to that and reflect up into this microphone. So... Based on that and based on his knowledge of um, of theater, and that's where mostly, mostly he came from, mm-hmm. that's how he got these <laughs> the sound for these movies. And it just doesn't work that way. No. Because as you can see, there were, there were times when we were watching this one uh, in the group watch where people were, were commenting on like, oh, my gosh, how small is that room that they're in? 
No wonder why you can't he can't get any more than like the top of people's heads in frame. Right. Yeah, because because the room is so tiny. Because he's standing with a camera on his shoulder and it's the walls right behind him. <laughs> it's like right there. Right. He is he is buttered up. It's too much. The thing is, if he had like a stage, like from reading the book, the with some of the plays they actually talk about, it just feels like, you know, the most insane, like surrealist, wacko shit you'd ever come up with, right? Like stuff that seems like it was based on his own life or incidents in his life or, you know, things that he heard from other people. But they were so off the, like, so surreal and, like, you know, unrealistic. He would have, you know, he had to stay. You have a stage, you can do it. If he had, like, he wasn't doing it in people's, like, living rooms and kitchens and shit, I think it would be Mm -hmm. a much better looking, like, not much better. It still looked low ranked and low budget. But I think it would sound a lot better and it would, you know, it would give the people actually move, you know, movement to get in the room because you can see like uh, Barbara Keeler in this film. He feels when he's getting like attacked or something like that, when he's getting told, like when they fuck up the, the uh, his, his experiment and he's trying to get and he's just pretty much right there. You can just feel like there's no room for him really to move. So he has to look like a coward little, uh, you know, beat up. It's just strictly because they have no room to do anything. Right. Yeah. Everything's so tight. Well, and that's why uh, when you have these like the sound on these movies that are just so boomy mm-hmm. and it's so, you know, reverb heavy is because the sound's getting sucked up by the people in the room and the mm-hmm. stuff in the room. And if you have the microphone yeah. sitting on the fucking floor, it's not going to catch a goddamn thing. <laughs> All it's going to catch is are the reflections of, of the sound. No direct sound's going to go to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. This is, it's no different than any of the other, you know, British movies, the the London films, we'll call them, that he put out there. But visually, it's not too bad if you can get past that half of the talking sequences and all of these classroom sequences are out of focus. Toward the end, the halfway point, I mean, he he because it's handheld, there's a lot of really interesting dynamic camera work that's going on here. Evan? Another thing I noticed watching this, I don't remember what the other movie was that, that I remember this from, but there was, we've always, well, we commented on most of his movies about the terrible score. And there's one other movie where the best piece of music uh, that from that movie is used almost totally through this movie. Yeah. There was, there was a piece of music that I thought was, you know, kind of, kind of cool in one of the other movies, at least the high point. In this movie, it's just stretched out. It's just never ending. Now, what, one of the things I have to take back from like the last episode is that when it came to like editing, he did. But when it came to everything else, the missions kind of worked on. You know, he just they he edited the film or he gave them an idea of what the film mm-hmm. was going to look like, and they would do it. And then they would say, "Hey, you need another fifteen minutes," or like, "You need to make this more lively." Like with the rats are coming. There's added scenes to that. The whole scene with him as the uh, the salesman is all added. It's something that was, mm-hmm. you know, shot after and he would just, and they would just kind of add whatever they wanted. So you and the Michigans were not very, they were schlock, you know, producers. They made a lot of schlock, so they didn't give a shit. They would made a lot of drive-in stuff. So as long as it was able to be screened on the thing and it was under, it was under 90 minutes, they didn't give a shit. And the, the film we're going to talk about in the next one, you can definitely feel that he probably had more, you know, he had more people to work with. He wasn't working by himself. Well, that film has an entirely separate set of circumstances for the post-production that I, I'll 
talk to you guys about yeah. that I was able to find that makes that not even truly a Andy Milligan movie. But we'll get to that in a little bit. But to wrap this one up, uh, The Man with Two Heads, final thoughts. I- I'll say thumbs up on this one. If you are an Andy Milligan fan, go definitely try and seek this one out. Get the HD version for sure. Don't even fuck around with the free shit that's online. As Evan had said, that shit looks like a 27th, you know, dub generation version of bullshit. It's don't even bother. You won't want to. You won't last until the end. I'm sure, Evan, the only reason you lasted till the end, because we're doing this show on the fucker. Yeah. Obligations. Right. So having said that, was the film even remotely okay to you? Yeah. Yeah. It was remotely okay. You know, it was it was sort of like average to me. I guess it was average Milligan. Vaughn, your final thoughts on this one. I think it's the last film he did in England before he, you know, got back on a plane and went back to New Jersey, New York. I think it's a great way to end that whole kind of small period of time he was there. You know what I mean? You start off with, mm-hmm. you know, Bloodthirsty Butchers and you end with this. And it's a nice wraparound. You know, it's kind of a nice bookend of a you know one of the worst films in that whole thing and one really one of the better films in that thing. Five, six films he did in that series in that, that time, the couple of years he was there. So I, I actually do like it. You know, I definitely would want to find a better copy of it compared to the one I have. It's just, you know, washed out and shit. I think it's a fun little film. You know, it, it definitely, like you guys have said, that it works on the overall of Andy's kind of id, you know, the kind of the good guy, bad guy philosophy that it seems like he lived by. It's, it's you know, to the line, a, you know, a, Blatant remake of Jackal and Hyde. So, did you guys either either you guys see the um, Valerian Borovshik Strange Case of Doctor Jell- Jekyll and Miss Osborne? Have you seen? <laughs> no, I have not. No, no. Oh, this Arrow re- released this a few years ago. Yeah, um, Borovshik is that. He's a weirdo. He made that movie, The Beast. Yes, that movie's awesome. Okay, yes. Yep. <laughs> so I just wanted to plug it because yeah. that. I haven't watched it in in a while, but it is got that sort of dreamy feel like, or that fever dream type thing yeah. that you were talking about. So if you're, it just made me want to watch that again. If we're, if we're also promoting Jacqueline Hyde uh, films, I want to, I want to suggest yeah. Jacqueline Hyde together again. That movie's great. <laughs> okay. everyone, should, everyone should watch that film. If you watch, you watch <laughs> rock chef's version, you watch Milligan's version, you watch that film. It's, it's a, it's a three for, it's a great Saturday night. Just get a couple of drinks and you'll be fine. There you and go. With, and with Barack. There's the nugget. Oh, my God. Having said that, let's go ahead and move on from this one. Uh, and let's end the talks about Andy Milligan with Surgical. And I'm going to let you know what I think about this pretty quickly here. But uh, Surgical from 1990, Andy Milligan makes a hospital comedy. Hmm. Could he do a good job? The answer's no. Shut up. We'll be right back.
One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios! You are listening to Astro Radio Z. I've gone over all the corpses with a fine-toothed comb, but I lost my comb. This is all that's left of Mrs. Grove. This bucket? Well, two of them. You wouldn't believe what a day I had. I stood in front of the mirror this morning trying to figure out where I'd seen myself before. I dictated to my cigar and lit my secretary, which is all right because my cigar's a better typist. What did you find out about the corpses? You know, I used to be a tree surgeon, but I kept falling out of my patient, so I branched off. You know, this pseudomite is so shiny that if it tears, I'd get seven years bad luck. Speaking of bad luck, take my wives. The first one left me. The second one won't. Well, let's take a look at item A. I... Ah! Sorry, this is my stash. You know, the only thing I've achieved on my own is dandruff. Did you ever think of quitting as an undertaker? What? And give failure a bad name? Now you're Ah, Are you crazy? I'm not going to take Boys! 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 Panties! <laughs> This is the washroom. I gotta wear hers. Okay, honey, you're the doctor. Take me to the candy store. Move! Wow! Look at that! Look at all that stuff! Frequents and ribbons and yellow. Don't take too much now. Bad for your tummy. Leave me alone, Ma. Why don't we go back to the others so they can get high too? Yeah, let's party! Honey, look what it brought you! She's all drugged up. She probably doesn't even know you. She knows, don't you, Horty dear? Orderlies to front desk stat. Damn, we never have any fun around here. Come on, Stubby, let's go. Maybe it's that pizza we ordered. Yeah. <laughs>
Dr. Payne, Dr. Payne, to emergency, stat. Some small way I can help, Mr. Gross. I don't talk to secretaries. I want to talk to the guy what runs this place. I'm Grace Good, MD, SST, DDS, RSVP, Director of Operations. A woman I should have known. Watch it, Buster. Look, we've been here all day. The little woman, my wife, was supposed to have her operation already, and nothing's been done. So how about it? Okay, so... (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) This was the final movie that I had to see a Milligan. I put it off. I pushed it off. I saw clips of it. I'm like, okay, well, this looks weird. This looks like Andy Milligan channeling John Waters for some unknown reason. Andy Milligan channeling the Zucker brothers for some unknown reason. Uh, King Fred. I I don't know what was going on, but I finally sat down this week with uh, my fellow Patreons and we sat and watched Surgical, which is, uh, Andy Milligan's foray into quote unquote slapstick comedy, I guess, uh, made in ni- 1990. Monstrosity is the same thing. Monstrosity is a slapstick kind of film. It's just more violence in it than anything. It's much more of a horror comedy than. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely not, not that whatsoever. This is Andy Milligan channeling airplane for yep. some unknown reason. Yeah. On crack. <laughs> So I want to leave. I got to hear this from Evan because I know Evan hasn't heard, hasn't ever seen this movie before. Evan, what is the plot of Surgical? Because I sure as fuck cannot tell you what it is. So this is a this is sort of a um, well, it's like a madcap save the hospital uh, movie that you would have seen in the eighties, um, where you're you're introduced to this you know, endearing, bumbling hospital crew, this community hospital, what is it called? The good community hospital. And, um, and they're all terrible doctors, um, you know, basically killing people on accident. Yes. And in this movie, there's a, there's a mix up with some psychotic guy. And that's sort of like, the conceit that it's about the fact that this crazy guy got loose and is now killing people. But honestly, the movie doesn't need that at all because the doctors do this, do just as bad. Um, And you don't care about that anyway. All you're doing in this movie is watching little bits, little um, comedy bits. And so the plot is, yeah, the plot is, it's basically like those early eighties madcap, uh, zany yeah. <laughs> uh, movie comedy movies. It's just Milligan trying to do it or whoever's doing it is if Derek's got some, some insider info on whether Milligan had much to do with it, but I actually kind of liked it. I, <laughs> I, I thought it was, you guys are fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Um, fucking wasted. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I guess I'm a, I'm a little surprised at how negative your opinion is of it. I mean, I'm not saying it was a good movie. It was a badly done. It was a badly done version of those kinds of comedies. But damn, it's not like 90 percent of of uh, Milligan's uh, slog crews. <laughs> I mean, it moves, you know, from scene to scene pretty pretty rapidly, and uh, 
and it's it's dumb. You know, I laughed a bunch of times. Like I, I like we uh, can agree on that one, Evan. We can definitely agree on that one. I love like like there's, there's a bunch of good characters. Like there's the guy that does um I don't know if it's Laurel and Hardy, but uh, one of the Laurel or Hardy. I don't know which one it was, but I like that guy. Okay, uh, let me tell you something before you go too far. <laughs> that Laurel and Hardy sequence, and this will tell you a lot about this movie. After Andy Milligan had made this movie, and this was like released by years later, Sherman Hirsch, who was the writer of this movie, came out and decided to write his perspective on how this movie was made. After, because this thing languished and was made and never got released, all the people, the, the rights holders and the investors and all that stuff kept this thing and were not happy with it. They decided to start shooting their own sequences because Andy Milligan died shortly after making this movie. Yeah, right. So they started filming their own shit and putting it in this fucking movie. So the Laurel Hardy sequence, Andy Milligan had nothing to do with it. Uh Uh-oh. It was was filmed by other people. (laughs) Okay, well, good job. Okay, so I'm going to also – this will be more high praise. Um, I think the the sequence where the dude zipped his, zipped his oh, dick yes, in the – Oh, yes, he's showing that room nurse the fucking – oh, my God. That is that. – that's where something about Mary got it. I'm sure yes. of it. Yeah, definitely. Like, that was so close to something about Mary. Okay, so you mean the scene where all these nurses are sitting there – drooling over this guy's yes. supposed massive schlong that's caught in his zipper. Right. Yes. That was a joke. Are you trying to be funny? Uh, no. Yes, that was a that joke. Was supposed, so, reaction, so that was supposed to be a joke? Because the reaction, because it's like six fucking nurses come up. It's not like one. And they're like, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa. Like, it's like, it's it's funny. The things that they're saying is pretty, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I like the kind of madcapness of this film. The fact that it, it is like a, it's not a mile a minute, like a, a mile a second, because there's so much going on in every goddamn area of this film. Like from the annoying, annoying fat guy with his wife who's waiting to go into surgery or the maniac who has stomach issues and is brought to the hospital to cure them. But he's just a lunatic who wants to kill everybody. And, he, you know, when he escapes from his his chair at the beginning and you see in the background behind the nurse that you're just running around beating the shit out of him in the room. And there's just so much silly little shit going on in the film. And it's just like, oh, this is this is quite quite amusing. I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I found it funny the whole damn time. Did you did you notice on the telecom they uh, somebody calls a uh, Dr. Mike Hunt? Yes. To, uh, <laughs> uh, if if Glenn Bittner were on this episode, this is exactly what he would say. <sighs> but but I can agree. I can kind of I can kind of believe that that whole um, Laurel and Hardy bit doesn't feel particularly something that Andy Milligan would put in a film. That's true. It doesn't, it doesn't feel accurate. And it definitely felt a little off. And you telling me that they, that the, the writer actually was like, yeah, the, they came in and was like, we need to add something to this. And they added that, that sequence. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Cause it's completely out of nowhere. It doesn't really relate mm-hmm. to anything else that's going on in the film because yep. ultimately the film is about the crazy guy with a stomach issue who goes around kind of hijacking and, and, causing all these problems with all these people in this hospital. You know what I mean? He causes the, the explosion of the, the guy who explodes because he's got gas going through him instead of oxygen. Um, and there's just body parts all over these people, like guts and fucking livers and shit. You have the new doctor who's coming in. For some odd reason, he's walking around with a 
like one of those kind of like store bought like Halloween pacifiers that he's sucking on all the time. And he keeps talking about his mommy, like and how his mommy did this for him and how this and it's very related, very weirdly relative to Andy in general, because you know, Andy's got a lot of mommy issues. And it's like, oh, but it's but it's so goofy and off the the wall weird. And you can definitely tell that they either they rented because this is another project where he had a full cast and crew. You know, it's a it's a good minute and a half of end credits of like everybody, best boy, gap. Oh yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, it's another one. And this I'm how I was feeling is that they made the weirdo first as a concept and then they gave him money to make two more films and he made monstrosity and he made this film because monstrosity ends with that whole kind of like, Hey man, look, I'm making a good, I'm making a good, look at me. I'm doing good. That whole kind of like nice ending with the, with the kind of only mountain reveal. And then this film gets made and this film is just a, it's just completely everything that you expect. It's him intentionally doing comedy when he was not intentionally doing comedy the rest of the time, but just because everybody was, terrible actors they didn't just have enough time um it comes off as kind of stupid and funny and I'm, i i don't know i just i think this is i think this is funny i like this film i don't know i like it as a film that's going to end the man's career because he would die shortly after this film was finished it's a good it's a good way to end it you know what i mean well i'm here mm-hmm to poo poo all over everything you guys just said. Oh, I know. I, I I wanted you two to to sit and get all of this out because I got if I'm entirely honest with you, I could not follow this movie at all. From the very beginning of this movie, it is the tone of this movie is so drastically off that I immediately was pulled out of this thing. It yeah, like, as you said, it obviously is attempting to be a slapstick comedy yet yet to me not a single joke lands and it's it is the entire let's throw everything at the wall style comedy but it's all shot like the rats are coming the werewolves are here in master shots the first 15 to 20 the first 20 minutes of this movie takes place in a master shot with people just standing in frame yelling out what are supposedly quote unquote jokes in the lobby of this hospital. It, it, it There's no art de- decoration on any of the fucking walls, nothing but white rooms with people that aren't actors attempting to deliver jokes with all of the charisma of a passed out piss bum. There's nothing funny about this fucking movie. Every minute of this movie feels like 20 fucking minutes. No, calm down. This movie, the music, the music, the reason why you know off the bat, because none of the jokes are funny, so I, I, I couldn't get that it was a comedy based on the things people were saying. I got that it was supposed to be a comedy because of the music that was playing. It's all like this really upbeat Kenny Loggins, Caddyshack music yeah. all over everything that's going on. There's a song that literally that goes, I'm a doctor. Show me where it hurts yep. endlessly <laughs> through the, <laughs> the first half of this fucking movie. It is. You remember when we were talking about monstrosity, we were talking about how surreal that movie was based on the fact you had this very abstract music that was playing all the time and the kind of anxiousness that that made you feel while watching these sequences. Mm -hmm. This movie made me feel anxious 
the entire time and not for the right <laughs> reasons. This I have never we were watching this and uh a listener Shannon literally described this movie so perfectly and she said it's like someone made a toothache into a film. And I couldn't fucking agree more. I had said episodes ago that the rats are coming, the werewolves are here. It's perhaps like my least favorite movie of all time. Surgical said, hold my fucking beer. No way. Shut this out. movie is insufferable. There's nothing. I could not wait for this fucking thing to be done. And we're talking about a movie where there's a, a an explosion of guts all over the room. <laughs> Shut up. You Maybe you need to watch these by yourself. Yeah, stop, stop having like Why? the Why gallery. would I ever sit down by myself maybe, maybe, and put this on? Maybe watch this with your girlfriend because I think she'd get it before you would. I, I've seen her. I've seen many. I've heard many films in the last couple of episodes you've done where she sat next to you and you're like dumbfounded, like brain melted, and she's telling you exactly what's going on because she knows what's going on, and you're just like, uh, duh, 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 duh. you know what I mean? Maybe sit with her, you know, because the peanut gallery of our Facebook group, um, they are a bunch of marauders who go right for the fucking guts most of the time. So, you know, they're just trying to make you laugh, which is the best part of it. Because they know they're like, oh, we got to make we got to make the old boss laugh make him laugh. Come on, let's go. Let's fucking dance and shake and do our thing. Uh, maybe we should start this from the beginning. <laughs> the next episode we do, we just start from the very first. And we do it in chronological order. We don't do it like we did this where we just like, oh, film here, film here. We just do it chronologically. We do we'll talk about one film a week for the next, like, I don't know, 30 weeks. I, I would rather watch Veronica on loop. <laughs> Surgical is by far my least favorite Andy Milligan wow, movie. That is weird. By far my least. It, it There was nothing. Fu- I think a lot of it had to do with aesthetically. This movie is just dull. Yeah. That's true. It doesn't look good. Everything is just white. So you all you have to concentrate on are these performances, which aren't good. Nobody can deliver the the jokes are thrown at you a mile a minute. And no, the inflection of these jokes are so over the top that they aren't funny. They're just come off like desperate. So this is, as I had said before on the podcast, that the only thing I find is the worst kind of movie on earth Mm -hmm. is an unfunny comedy. Mm. And this movie is so unfunny. It doesn't work for me at all. And I'm thoroughly shocked that you two both like this movie. Yeah. Just shocked. I don't know. I think it's like I said, I think there's this kind of wraparound, you know, it's a fun, interesting kind of train wreck. You know what I mean? Because it's definitely, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. But I, I, I like the fact that all the actors are actually acting. It's, it feels like everybody has, they're not rushing to get things done. Did you guys think that um, the guy that played the lawyer loophole was doing a Dan Aykroyd impression? Doing oh. something like that, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is the kind of movie where jokes are accented with sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the scene when the guy, the, when, the, when his wife finally goes into surgery and he goes, oh, honey, honey, I brought you with flowers. And they're like, oh, she's so drugged out. She can't hear. Yeah, oh, she could hear. Honey, honey. And then all she goes, and you're like, hilarious. I mean, just, just melts my heart with hilarity. Boy, 
Yeah. You guys are just really, you guys are just convincing me so hard that this is just, nah. Mm. Of all the movies we watched, this was the toughest one to get through. My brain was actively attempting to like make me pay attention to anything else other than this movie. Hands down, I don't have much to say about it because honestly, paying attention to this thing was fucking tough. I thought it was, you know what it reminded me of is early uh, trauma. Some yeah, early no, trauma. Like, yeah, like Waitress or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. But if it was shot, if it, but if it was shot by somebody who didn't care about cinema at all, like they just set up a camera in a room and just had people have to stand still in the middle of the fucking yeah, room that's and, and tell the worst kind of jokes. Yes, that, that's the Andy handicap. Yeah. Oh my god! It's a movie that's made at the wrong time, to be honest. We're talking like we're talking about the old like uh, like Lloyd Kaufman comedies and the the sex comedies in the early eighties, like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. If this movie was made then, I think it would be much more kind of appreciated for it is. But this movie was made in eighty nine, ninety, and came out you know in ninety five or ninety six, I think, or even later than that. I think it came out. If it was made in the early eighties, I think this film would be much more like appraised. I think you would actually be like, yeah, this isn't bad because it reminds yeah. me a lot of the crap that was made at the time. They they could they could have shown it on up all night. Yeah, like like stuff like King Frat, like those low budget like ripoffs of other really good films. You know what I mean? I think it wanted to be those things. The problem I have with this and the problem I have with a lot of mm-hmm. Milligan stuff is that he should not have shot any of it. If he would have had two other people on set with him, his movies would have been so much better. It is almost entirely based on not only the performances, but how this movie is shot that this is, it's just so fucking boring to watch. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's not that boring. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that boring. You admit it's boring. I I like the fact that there's a lot of shit going on in every scene of the film. It's like a Where's Waldo poster where you're just constantly looking for the one thing you're supposed to look for. And there's constant crap all over the place. You know what I mean? I find that funny. Yeah, you mean white walls. There's a lot of white walls all over Shut the place. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I'll, get, I'll, give you, I'll give you that, that it's a, there was, tour, you know, like three quarters of the way through, I was starting to look at my phone to see what time it was, or, you know, to see how, many, how long I had left. Because... It did seem longer. Yeah, if this yeah. was like an hour long, maybe it would have been better. An hour and a half, entirely too long. It needed yeah. to be like 70 minutes like all his films, yeah. By the hour mark, I was, fuck. <laughs> fuck this movie. So can you, okay, so having said that, now that I got that out, mm-hmm. <laughs> Surge Kill was shot, can you believe, on 35 millimeter for $90,000. Yeah, oh. I can believe it. Everybody, got, there's like 45 people in the fucking cast. so that's why this movie didn't come out for a long long time because they were attempting to figure out how they were going to recoup this money Mm -hmm. for this total pile of fucking garbage and uh the the writer had to like sit and put together a campaign to get this thing out on dvd Mm -hmm. finally yeah so Kill. If I'm going to give any final thoughts for this thing, I would recommend never watching this. Hmm. I would recommend, based on this one, collecting all copies, putting them into a fire Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> style, and burn the fuckers to the ground. 
This is the worst Andy Milligan movie by far. Rats are coming. Werewolves are here. You're off the hook. Wow. You're totally off the fucking hook. Serge Kell came in and fucking farted and left. (laughs) This movie is bullshit. It's total bullshit. Okay, Vaughn, go ahead. So I'm going to save them some money. I'm going to buy a 35 millimeter print of this. I'm going to rent out a theater near your town, and I'm going to come with it and force you to watch it again with just me and you just me and you and your, your girlfriend because your girlfriend will understand it she'll be able to tell you what's going on um and that's what we'll do <laughs> vaughn's telling me amy that uh you now need to watch this movie because uh supposedly you understand film and i don't <laughs> no no i think i think what he meant is that you might not understand comedy yeah, I, mean, oh, I don't understand yeah. comedy. <laughs> I don't understand comedy. That's what it is. Your brain is so riddled with all this. Hard, all that's this true. She says that's true. I, I might have to get a new girlfriend. Your, I don't know. About your brain is so riddled with all this metal music and <laughs> horror movies. So you just understand. Yeah, you just don't get it. Oh, you're right. I, I would. I would you're right. This, this is definitely like top 10 film. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Jesus, mother and we were like we were saying before like if you're gonna if you're gonna put if you're gonna tell people what films to watch i think to be honest if i think if i had to tell people what to watch i haven't watched monstrosity though to be honest but that's just me i enjoyed this film for its kind of weirdness you know like i would have loved the scene if he survived like if he didn't die of aids and he actually continued making movies i don't think he would have lived another 10 years but if he i think because he would have just burned all the bridges in california and just fucked off um because he's just making movies and like, we can't sell these things. They suck. Well, at least, well, that's the people who are paying for the money. Um, <laughs> I love how you keep putting your foot right in your mouth. The more you talk about this, you, you literally like belie everything that you have built up. I'm a walking contradiction, man. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I would have loved the scene when he would have done next, you know? And it's just a shame that this is, this is the last film. I'm ashamed that this is this is as good as he because he was seeming to kind of make a stride in California, and it would have been nice to see what he would have done after this. Mm. But you know, because it's it just works because it's the weirdo monstrosity. This it just up and up and up and up. <laughs> what are your final thoughts, Evan? I I would give this a thumbs up. Yeah, I I think that this. Um, I I appreciate that this is a completely separate, different kind of genre that he is putting his hand to. And uh, I think that's interesting to watch. And it's not as drawn out. It's not drab. I, I just don't feel it's drab like, like a lot of his movies in the middle part of his career. I think it's fairly easy to watch, a little long-winded. But um, yeah, this is, I would say, thumbs up. This is a fucking mutiny on my own goddamn podcast. <laughs> Fairly easy to watch. I've never heard such <laughs> bullshit in my life. I can't believe this. Well, folks, there you have it. I don't really know what to say after that. You make up your own decisions, your own thoughts. If you can find a copy of Surgical, good fucking luck. I, I mean, I don't like wishing ill will on my listeners, but you deserve everything coming to you if you take these guys' advice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Surgical, the biggest piece of shit on earth. We're done with this thing. We're going to we're going to move on from this. And uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to give you what we feel is the definitive list of Andy Milligan. If you so choose, if you had followed us and listened to this last year of Astro Radio Z, where we almost exclusively talked about Andy Milligan, I can't fucking believe I just uttered that. That was a real thing that just happened. One year of this podcast devoted to fucking Andy Milligan. Anyways, we will tell you what we feel. If you want to get in on Andy Milligan and you've been interested, what those movies are, you should watch. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. The Lurching Transmission is in your space. You are not safe. Now or ever. give up that dairy girl uh i know i know and welcome back to strip down with stacy y'all where country didn't come to town <laughs> <laughs> where yours truly the lovable sexy wonderful stacy green gives you all the dirty secrets of new york's most fashionable and fuckable and there's me and there's joe my foxy co-host and brooklyn's most insatiable dick tease guys keep sending stacy emails about the title and don't stop with the hashtag. Look, as much as I would also love to change the name to Stacy and JoJo, we're not doing it. The fans have spoken. Hashtag Stacy and JoJo. Hashtag too early to rebrand. Hashtag too early to Russell Brand. Never. It's never too early to Russell Brand. How dare you? <laughs> okay. Well, so first up is a little segment we like to call On the Way Today, where we talk about something that happened to us on the way to do the episode that you're listening to right now. Sometimes this is gold, sometimes not so much. So, you know, bear with us. Mine are normally pretty good. And after that is another edition of Joe's Hella High Horoscoping. In which I get so high I can see your future. And is great. <laughs> and after that, guys, guys, we have the Chris and Chinawith coming to talk to us about backstage romance. <gasps> Backstage romance? Oh, you heard me right, Joe. Backstage romance with Kristen Chenoweth. <gasps> Eep. Mm, Eep indeed, my dear Joe. Eep indeed. But first, on the way today. On the way today. We're on the way today. On the way on today. The way today. We're there. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who's first? You know, mine are usually the best, but today I don't have anything great, honestly. Just one little thing. Let me go first. Mike Checka. Mike Checka. Yeah, this mic's good. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, I rode my bike today. It's freaking freezing out there. I know. A sister's probably taking a fucking Uber home. Anyways, I stop at Ellie's for coffee. The best. And when I come out, I'm undoing the chain on my bike, and I see this guy in the alley. Here we go. 
Dude is taking a dump right into one of those little cardboard baskets for nachos. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. And expertly, like, hits it dead center. You saw this? Ugh. Oh, yeah. I saw it all. So he finishes, right? And I realize I'm just standing there watching. And he reaches down and picks up the basket. Nope, nope. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I got the fuck out of there when he picked it up. I didn't know if he was going to fling it at me or what. Or eat it. Either way, I wasn't sticking around. Good call. So, that's it. That's my on the way today. Great. Hashtag too early for poop stories. <laughs> Hashtag yes. Fuck. Well, what you got? I got, well. What the fuck was that? What? You didn't hear that? Hear what? Seriously. Seriously what? Okay. Anyway, on my way today, I found a new pop-up cafe at the south end of Beacon Street. It was like under an actual tent, like an Indian market kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah. And they... Okay, so it's weird. I stopped because a sign said vegan tacos, but it's not a taco place. It's a bookstore with a teeny tiny theater in the back with like six chairs A tiny stage, barely big enough for two people to stand on. And they were playing this weird, like, creepy ambient music in the background. Hmm. Aight. Well? Well, there was a play on called Wing Beats. And it was like, I don't know. Some kind of thing about two radio hosts in the 40s. They were wearing masks. Like these cheesy goblin Halloween masks. Or something. And, like, I was only standing there for a second, but all six chairs had somebody in them. Full house. Yeah. (laughs) Full house. So, all the people in the chairs turned around all at once and looked at me, and they were wearing masks, too. Oh. Right? And they were just normal human faces. The masks. But underneath the mask, I could see green skin and wild gray hair poking out. Nuh-uh. Yeah. So creepy. And the smell, like, I don't know, this kind of spicy smell. I ran out of there, scared to death. Then, when I got to the corner where the Chinese cigarette place is, I turned around and there were people laughing on the sidewalk, like in front of the pop-up. So, (laughs) I guess it's like this performance art kind of thing, or something. Whoa. Well... Maybe you guys should tell us, huh? Get down to the weird tent pop-up at the south end of Beacon Street near the Chinese cigarette place and tell us what you think. Yeah. Somebody go out there and check it out. Call us. I am eagerly awaiting a call, people. So, that's my on the way today. That was a good one. Now it's time to talk about wrist locks, y'all. Yes, ma'am. Ladies, gentlemen, those outside the binary... Wrist locks are your key to fucking someone right up out there on the streets. The hard streets. (laughs) Indeed. The streets are tough out there, folks. Sometimes a fool wants to put their hands where they shouldn't be, on your person. And in these times, it helps to know how to take a fool's wrist and wrench it right off. Yes. 
I posted a video tutorial thing for you guys. Watch it and learn how to fuck a motherfucker up. Because, you know, sometimes you have to. We're not playing here, people. Get yourself educated on how to manipulate the human wrist. And thumb. And thumb. You can mangle somebody with their thumb. We have a call, folks. Joe's going to pick that up. But while she does, I just want to remind you. Wrist locks for the dangerous chick on the streets. Watch the video. Watch other videos. Learn the deadly art of wrist locks. And now we will go live to our first caller of the day. Hey, who are we talking to? Hey, this is Sean. I was at the pop-up this morning. Cool. So tell us, Sean, what the heck is going on over there? I stopped for the tacos, but... <laughs> um, well, do you really want me to say? Yeah, get on with it, Mysterio. <laughs> Sorry. I just mean, I, I don't want to ruin it. What did you see? Just tell us. Okay, well, I saw you in the play, Stacy. The weird play about the radio host with the eerie music. You saw me in the play? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think I saw you guys setting up or something. Dude, I don't have anything to do with that place. Well, I guess it could have been a mask. Everyone else in there was wearing a mask, like weird, regular people masks, but fucking creepy. Life masks, you mean? Yeah, life masks, that's right. <laughs> and somebody was wearing one that looked like me. Yeah, you guys really don't. Hey, do you hear that? Is that on your end? Hello? Hello? Okay. Right. That wasn't weird. Nah, everything's cool. Everything's cool. So, is it time for horoscopes? I think it is, yeah. Joe's hella high horoscope. She's so high. Joe's hella high horoscope. She's so high. High, high above me. She's so lovely. <laughs> that was good. That was good. To keep her. We shall begin with Taurus today. Taurus, you are a dad, most likely. Or possibly one of those women who listens to Adele and wants to speak to a manager. A mom? Yes. <laughs> Next up, we have Cancer. Nice order. Shut it. <laughs> cancer, you are probably a phony. You should probably reevaluate your life. Stop lying to everyone. Just be yourself, Dan. <laughs> Next, we have Leo. You fucking douchebag. Hey. Not you, but you. <laughs> I better not be you on the phone, Leo. Hello, this is Stacy and Joe. Who are we talking to? All faces are masks. What? All faces are masks. To cover up the meat and bone underneath. Who are we talking to? <laughs> exactly. So, my man... What you're saying is that we all wear a mask? Did I say that? Pretty sure you did. Do you hear that? What the fuck? Tell me you heard that, Joe. Hear what? This guy? What's your name, guy? He's gone. Oh well. Fucking weirdo. That noise. You didn't hear that? No, ma'am. What did it sound like? Seriously, stop fucking with me. I'm not fucking with you. It's not funny, Joe. I swear, I'm not fucking with you. 
You want me to get that? Yeah. Hey, this is Stacy and Jojo. Who are we talking to? This is Sean. I called earlier. Hey, Sean. How? I'm in the pop-up. It's, I don't know how I got here. My phone won't dial anything, but your number I... Whoa, 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 Sean. You're in the pop-up now? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know how I got here. I... Come on, Sean. Spare us the voice acting. I'm fucking serious. I don't know how... My phone won't dial anybody but you. I... Just leave, Sean. Get out of there. There aren't any doors. It's just curtains. The stage is so big, like... Like as big as a park. As big as a city block. I can't see past the lights. I can't... What. The. Fuck. Hello? Hello? Sean? Sean, are you there? Okay. Okay. You know, I hate even saying this, but should we call the cops? And tell them what? I don't know. I'll call. Keep it going. Alright. Okay, y'all. Joe's stepping out to call the good old NYPD to make sure... I don't know. We just want to make sure everybody is alright. Sean, if you can hear us, call the police. Or something. You better not be fucking with us, Sean. So, I may have mentioned earlier that we have the Kristen Chenoweth coming in about 30 minutes. She's going to give us all the dirty dirt on backstage. Alright guys, I'm going to pick up this call. It could be our friend Sean. Hello? Reality is a mask. You again, huh? Do you work for the pop-up? Are you a promoter or something? You are the promoter. Negative. I'm an on-air personality. (laughs) That is humorous. Is it? What's so funny about that? Oh, nothing. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? I'm Stacy Green, fool. Star of Vanderbilt Rules. Writer, designer, and debutante. Who the fuck are you? Reality is a mask. Yeah, yeah, to cover up the bones underneath, right? To cover the nothing underneath. Hello? You there, buddy? Oh, well. Where the hell is Joe? 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 Jojo? Joe? Hello? Hello? Stacy, I can't get out. I can't fucking get out. Joe, where are you? I don't fucking know. I stepped outside to call the cops and I... I don't know. It's like the whole city is under a roof or like, I don't know. I stepped into a theater as big as the city and I can't get out. I can't even see the end of the stage. It just goes on. Oh God, Stacy, help me. I feel fucked up. Joe, I got you, girl. Don't move. I'm calling the police right now. Don't go outside. Don't go out there. Don't. Fuck, fuck. Hello? Hello? Where is everybody? Hello? Please come get me. Somebody please come get me. Get me the fuck out of here, somebody. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Who is this? Who is this? 
Can you hear me? Can you see these words? Hello? Hello? If... If anybody out there can hear me, give me a call. I'm fucking scared, y'all. Hello? Hello? Who are you? The audience is waiting. What? They are waiting for the show to begin. Where's Joe? Who is Joe? She's my friend. She does the show with me. No one else does the show. There's only one star. There is only you. No, Joe? They're waiting. What? I... Who is waiting? I'm live streaming right now. I have over a half a mil... There's no one listening. There's only you. There's only ever been you. Hello? What the fuck? Where's the microphone? Where? What the fuck? What? Okay. Okay. If... If you can hear me, please call... me. Fuck, where's the phone? (laughs) I'm going outside. I'm going... Outside. This is Astro Radio Z and we love talking about movies with you. If you are looking for more episodes, and want to become part of the show, go to patreon.com, forward slash, Astro Radio Z and become a monthly subscriber to have access to not only over 100 plus bonus episodes of content, but a monthly bonus episode of Astro Radio Z and censored with Mark the Movie Man where you, the listener tell us what to cover on the show. Jump in. Make Astro Radio Z yours and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. Jesus Christ, both of you motherfuckers like Surgical. That's shocking. Do you know that there's a metal band that took the took the title of this film as their name for their band? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, I, I expect some Surgical in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, the thing is, I read this yeah. article, and maybe I'll send you guys this article. Please, because um, I can't find where- yeah, I'll, here, let me let me post it here in the messenger. Um, the writer, this is one of the few things that he ever got actually produced. And 
originally there his intention was to kind of have a little bit of a comedy of this little zany comedy but for the most part the script he took it out of there and then andy milligan did this with it yeah like he he changed it enough that he basically cut the writer out as the writer in the credits and gave the only credit the writer got was original concept by Okay, that makes sense. That sounds like Andy. What a fucking asshole! Fuck people over. Even even near even near his death, the people who were helping him pay his bills and everything that he was pissed off at. So like, I'm reading I'm reading the end of the book when he's like near death and he's in hospital, and there's a a woman named Miranda who kind of was fitting the bill for a lot of the stuff he you know just so he can live. After he sold his house and everything like that, was living with her, and he's just. Like he just wasn't talking to her, but she was the one who was kind of putting everything up. And it was like just dealing with Jimmy McDonough and somebody and one other person besides Miranda. He wasn't even talking to Miranda. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the woman who's helping you out, like pretty much keeping you alive. And you don't even want to talk to her and you're not even talking to her. That's pretty shitty. And like, he was like that all the way to the end. He was like bitter and angry about everything, especially getting AIDS and shit like that. You know, he was completely fucking pissed off and angry about that. You know, another thing is I've been noticing, I've been hearing, I've been seeing a lot of people online are getting their like their contributor copies because there's because the, well the new book is actually there's a whole bunch of people contributing pieces to it. Yeah, so it's more than just Jimmy McDonough's like overall biography on him. So I'm like, ooh, I'm seeing like pictures and like little snippets, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so cool. I'm still not paying a hundred dollars for it. <laughs> I would love to have it. I mean, that looks like a great coffee table book. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting until the standard edition. I hope it drops by, you know, Fox or something. Yeah. I looked up uh, on on uh, Google Maps today. I looked up Seven Phelps Place in Staten Island just to uh-huh. see. Yeah, it's like I think the house. It's all covered up with trees, so from street view you can't see it. Ooh. But there's tons of cars everywhere, so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, so it actually still exists. Apparently, I mean, it was a Victorian mansion, and I just, I, I mean, in the Wikipedia article, it it mentioned the uh, the address, so I couldn't really compare it with the <laughs> images that you see in the movie, like because it was all covered up. I want to find, I want to go there, go into the basement, and find that cleaver. <laughs> you want to see the the chiffon that's all draped all over the place? I, yeah, I just need to. <laughs> Maybe there's a man eating plant down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, having said that, listeners, here we are. We're at the end. We're done. We've talked about all the Andy Milligan movies you can find out there right now. And I'm sure at some point, because this seems to be the case right now, Fucking Nicholas Winden Refn is going to find every last hidden fucking Andy Milligan movie that wasn't thrown in the trash back in the 70s. And we're going to have to sit and watch those movies. No, we won't. No, I'm <laughs> yes, done. Yes, we will. I'm, I'm fucking done. Maybe Vaughn could do those on Motion Picture Massacre. Well, well, like you can I, sit and cover the rest of them. I talked to you about, I told you that Severin is working on putting out a box set of four of his films that they found that were the uncut releases of the film. And one of those is Rats Are Coming, which is. Can't wait. Um, so I'm not touching those fucking things. What? I dare you. I'm done. Even after I having done so this, done. you don't want it as a keepsake. 
Yeah. Don't worry. Fuck no. Don't worry. One of them will end up on your doorstep somehow. Don't worry. Yep. Fuck no. I, 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 there, there's so many other things I'd like to do with my life than watch any more Andy Milligan movies, especially for my dear listeners. Uh, your listeners are given. Your listeners have more left than and with that whole Glenn Danzig shithole you you know putting a new putting a mud hole in him last time. More people have left than that from this whole Andy Milligan debacle. So don't worry. <laughs> it's funny, you know, like what uh, there was something. Oh, it was the uh, it was the Facebook post for the uh, the upcoming Al Adamson box set from Severin. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. in the comments, you know, you see people that we don't know saying. How about that Andy Milligan box set? Is that still coming out? Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're out there. Oh, trust me, they're out there. I've had <laughs> numerous people, and surprisingly, it's always YouTube that brings those people out. When I post the the YouTube versions of the podcast, which are just the podcast with the artwork on it, I don't. I mean, there's no video. We don't mm-hmm. shoot video of this. There's no longer Google, you know, Hangout. So there's no simulcast a video along with our audio yeah um there are people that have legitimately been coming at me like dude i'm loving these episodes huge milligan fan blah 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 blah, blah. it's like anything <laughs> there are fans for anything. everything yeah okay. so andy milligan obviously a cult filmmaker there's there are fans out there they mostly live under rocks and they only come out on youtube supposedly so um here's a portion of the show after we finally discussed all the movies i have my letter boxed up because i made a list from the very beginning and ranked my favorite andy milligan movies here we're gonna give you the primer the top five movies that we feel if you are going to get into andy milligan that you should actually seek out and watch that is if you want to i'm not saying that the average film viewer is going to enjoy andy milligan's (laughs) (laughs) oeuvre (laughs) this is for if you're curious and you want to get in here and you're one of these you know trash exploitation fans that likes this kind of shit this horse shit i should say i should specify um these are the movies and we're each going to kind of give you what we feel and then maybe based on all those movies we'll come up with definitive top three movies you should watch so evan i'm going to start with you what would you say are, you know, maybe your top five Milligan movies Well, or the ones that you feel you feel really showcase what Andy Milligan's about? Yeah, that that's the uh, addendum that makes me have to include a shitty one. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. You, you, you got you to. got to represent the shit. Um, but I think I I would say seeds. Definitely. Um 42nd flesh pot on 42nd street. Definitely. Um, and then from this later period, I think I'm going to agree with Vaughn and say that monstrosity is probably a better, um, late Andy, um, movie than, than this movie, than surgical. Um, especially now that I've heard that there was some, some hijinks, uh, putting in non Andy Milligan material, so um, I think from the middle, sort of the, the shitty period, I think I liked The Body Beneath, I think, was the one. Was that the one that had the um, the plants that ate people? Yeah. Nope, that's blood. Oh, no, oh, that, that's, Body Beneath is the vampires. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, Blood yeah, yeah. is the one with the werewolf and, that was married to Dracula's yeah, daughter. I was thinking. I was thinking that one. The blood. Uh, blood. I think that that one was a good representation of those slow, bad-looking movies. Um, was anything else that? I'll just throw in House of Seven Bells to basically give an example of one of these unfinished things that there's so many of. Okay. Yeah. So we got Seeds, we got Monstrosity, Fleshbot on 42nd Street, Blood, and Seven Bells. Vaughn, yeah. what are your five? Uh, my five. Uh, so I would put Nightbirds in there, definitely. Nightbirds, I think, is one of his better films. Vapors, Carnage. I think I, I loved Carnage. And I, That's what I thought. I thought, Evan, you were going to say instead of monstrosity. I thought you were actually going to say Carnage. Yeah, Carnage I loved. And I, I, I would like a, I would like a Blu-ray of that film um, so I can show it to everybody. I think especially with a Blu-ray with a with a special feature of all five episodes of that goddamn TV show. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So because it all kind of works together. Um, Did he actually has he released all five of those episodes on YouTube now? Uh, last time I saw, I think there's only two. Yeah, there's actually two or three. Uh, last time I checked, there were three. Oh, OK, yeah, so, I think three. I think it's only up to three. What did you use the body beneath? Because I'd use I'd say the body beneath because I, I really enjoyed the hell out of that film. I like the okay. kind of weirdness. I like the whole the cast is really good and I like the story. I say like the whole story. I think it's fun. OK, and the f- one more. Fifth one. Hmm. I'd say the rats are coming the way I was here. I think it's I think if you're going to if you're going to put it all together, you're going to watch that chunk of films. It's a good friggin mix of everything he did. And it's you. You put rats are coming right in the center. You know, play nightbirds and vapors, and then you do carnage and friggin' body beneath nightbirds right in the middle. And it's just it's a good like you start at the top of the hill, you go down, you go back on the top of the hill. Like you know, nice ramp. Okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, the rats are coming is out of the cellar for me now at this point after after tonight. But I'm gonna say if you want to get a good you know, cross section of what Andy Milligan is about. You have to understand that he one liked to do pseudo cinema verite dramas out of nowhere. And the best one of those has to be vapors. So I would put vapors in there as that, which you could put night birds, flesh pot and vapors in there. And even though I, I think flesh pot is, is a great film, Vapors is hands down probably my favorite Andy Milligan film. It's it it shows a maturity that never came about ever again. Yeah, in any of it. That's kind of why I didn't pick. I really liked it too, but I was like, this is a little. This is kind of an outlier in a in a way that he never returned to. It seemed. But I think it it's a good introduction to people that necessarily wouldn't take any of the rest of his stuff seriously. Like if you're a cult and exploitation fan that not, isn't necessarily into the super goofy trashy stuff. Vapors might be the gateway drug. It might be the end. Like, Oh, this guy has a little more to say than just nonsense. So I would say start off with vapors. I mean, Mm -hmm. if anybody's going to watch any of this stuff, they kind of have a screw loose anyway. Sure. So I think I think vapors and that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm, I'm including myself in on that. Yeah. Um, vapors is is a good place to start. The second thing more than likely would have to be 
Andy Milligan loved stupid, goofy horror movies. And of any of the horror movies that I would put on the list, it would have to be Carnage. Carnage, his fucking haunted house movie. So stupid, actually entertaining, briskly paced. Enough of Andy Milligan's yelling and screaming that it just works fine. I would put Carnage as my second one. Then you had these movies about families that all fucked each other and love to yell at each other. Mm -hmm. And the best movie of those by far is Seeds. Yes. So you got to put Seeds in there. So you got Vapors, Carnage, and Seeds. Now, there are two left over I got to pick. And one of them's got to be, got to showcase, because if you got to understand, you can't just watch good Andy Milligan. If you're going to watch Andy Milligan, you got to understand why this guy is regarded as one of the worst directors ever. And I, I, I think now... I would never put anyone through Surgical. <laughs> so if you're going to watch one of his shitty ones and you really want to understand how shitty of a director he is, but still kind of have a little fun, you got to watch Torture Dungeon. Torture Dungeon is horseshit. <laughs> it is absolute oh, fucking horseshit. So ta- terrible. It, it, it's terrible. In, but it's ridiculous in a way that there's still some things that you'll laugh at. Like we on the episode that we did for Torture Dungeon, we all across the board thought this was a total pile of horseshit that you got horrible acting, nonsensical plot, no torture in this movie called Torture Dungeon, barely even a dungeon in this gimmick. And you got his patented wardrobe yeah. that Andy Milligan was so like you know, famously um, proud of. So of, of the shitty movies, uh, which I would say we've watched 20 Andy Milligan movies and of the bottom 10 torture dungeon probably represents the most fun of those movies that you're going to get. And I, I say fun with air quotations big time on this thing. So that's number four. And of any of the other ones that I'm just going to throw in there that I probably had the most fun with. And while I would say that Evan, when you said house of seven bells, yeah, that's an interesting choice. I think the hardened Milligan fan is really going to get something out of that. Cause obviously it's not a, it's not a completed film. So most average film viewers aren't even going to give it the time of day of any of the final movies on here on the top 10 of his filmography i would put blood in there because okay. it's only an hour long yeah and it is seriously the most fun i probably had with any of this stuff you you got a fucking werewolf scientist mm-hmm. that is attempting to figure out how to save his vampire bride who is the, the daughter of count dracula they have a man-eating fucking plant in the basement that eats all of their helps legs off. So they skirt around on fucking, you know, stumps. It is stupid. It is stupid, goofy and short enough that you just fly through this thing. So blood has got to be my final pick for that. There's a lot out there. And if you guys slug through these episodes with us and actually watch some of this stuff, hats off. So Derek, you didn't, you didn't represent late, late Andy Milligan in your list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did carnage. Oh, Carnage. Okay, yeah, sure. 
Carnage. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise, the last few movies that he did, I liked Monstrosity okay. I think the problem with that movie was is that half of it's really fun, and then the second half is literally just fucking people in a garage being stupid. Yeah. So that movie kind of killed off for me. So yeah, the last three films, not necessarily my cup of tea. So I I am more along the lines of I liked his dramas mm-hmm. more than almost anything. So my my favorite ones of his were easily and I'm looking at my letterboxed list, which folks, if you're on letterboxed, just go over, find Mr. Bishop on letterboxd and you can follow me on there. I have a list. Andy Milligan ranked the top three movies I feel are Vapors, Flesh Pot and House of Seven Bells. And those are all dramas. Yeah. <laughs> none of the comedies, none of the horror, nothing. So that's me. If you're going to ask me what I thought was good about him is when he decided to do dramas and not be a complete dinkhead about things and like indulge in his sadomasochism. Vaughn, what would you say is if, if rounding this out? If you were going to sell somebody on Andy Milligan, how would how would that go about? And what do you feel is his strongest suit? The strongest suit was his was this fucking craziness. You know, you 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 look at him as a, as I look at him as a survivor, um, a guy who kind of had a terrible life as a kid and kind of made him, himself into something. You know, he kind of just took and did what he wanted uh, and continued to do that until he until he ultimately died. It's kind of the American dream. He kind of fought and scrimped and you know and did what he had to do to make the world he wanted to make and make the the living he wanted to make. And we're all trying to do that. You know, it's it's scary, but it's true. So yeah, I, I what the thing is, if, if I was going to suggest somebody who's like, "Hey, have you seen these movies?" I would just be like, "Yeah, he was a fucking crazy person." You can see it in every goddamn little, you know, flicker of of film in every film that he's made. That you can see that the man put himself out there on every character. You know what I mean? His how shut how fucked up the fucked up families, fucked up people. He knew it. He lived it. He was it. Evan, your final wrap-up thoughts of Andy Milligan. Yeah, this is a this is interesting to think about. Like, how does he compare? Like, as a cult movie fan, how do you approach Milligan? Because I think I agree. I think I, I agree with uh, Vaughn where he's saying like this is a guy that this is a a real struggle. Like his whole life is. This is real life. Like if you want to see somebody struggling to make movies, this is it. Whereas, you know, some, somebody might say, oh, you know, look at Romero or something like that, you know, something dumb like that. It's like, no, he's, he was good. Everybody was good on those (laughs) crews, you know, like. Right. He had a good (laughs) crew of people that supported him and helped him. Yeah. And, And it's like, if you really want to see the, the product of somebody who had nothing else to live for. I think Andy Milligan is a good example and it's not always good and it's most, mostly bad, but it's not bad in the same sense as like all the shit that goes on nowadays. Nowadays, everything is intentionally bad and it's just skimping for the sake of skimping. And it's, it's all, you know, self, uh, self knowledge is, woven into all the bad movies that are made nowadays. Like he was trying everybody on the, on his crew was trying, um, you know, 
nobody was treating it as, you know, a throwaway weekend or something like that. I, I don't know. So I, I think that there is something there, <clears throat> a reason to, to learn about him. But, you know, as we've discussed him multiple times, he was just a damaged person, not a nice guy, died in and was buried in an unmarked grave. I mean, like, <laughs> he he gets no solace from the fact that 20, 30 years later, there's five geeks online that, that, that are, that are liking his movies. You know, he's never going to get any recognition Mm-mm. in a, in a mainstream way. I mean, I guess the most you could say is that like, he's gotten noticed through that book, you know, John Waters, you know, holds that book up as, right. as, <clears throat> as this, paramount of of uh, film biographies but yeah he, he's a singular character i'm not sure i'm not sure there's another example i was trying to think of another example i was like what if we wanted to keep doing this what if we wanted to keep torturing ourselves and watching terrible movies is there somebody else that would compare in the same way i'm, I'm not sure i mean the clo- the closest approximation would have to be ed wood you would have to if you're of the big people yeah. that are out there, not saying Andy Milligan. I mean, in the world of cult film, yeah, he's a well-known name. Well, right. Yeah, you have him. Like Al Adamson <laughs> definitely is a guy who was who made the Kenny same kind of schlock that Andy made. But but Al's work was much more. You know, he 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 had an idea of how to make films and what people wanted to see, and he was making films that he wanted. You know, he didn't care if people liked them or not. He just wanted to make movies. Yeah, I also like the I also like the fact that we have all these different genres represented. I like I like the fact that we stumbled during our podcast <laughs> that the this TV show was released and we can see yeah. him struggling to to make a, a sitcom and 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 copying those tropes. That's all you know, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. I'm glad we did it. I don't I wouldn't if I knew how long <laughs> This would have been, I knew the, the, you know, the struggle. I don't know if I would have been so enthusiastic about it at the beginning, but now I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we went through it. (laughs) Now you're educated. Yeah. It's life experience. I mean, it was one year out of my life, but Hey, you know, life, life's long, life's long for a middle-aged guy. Hey, we gotta, we gotta fill our last remaining hours with something. Yeah. Make it worthwhile. Jeez. Oh, man. Well, I I truly appreciate you boys coming and doing this, even though, oh, man, a year of our lives dedicated. We said when we started this way back in episode 128 that or was it 127? I don't remember. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, When we started when we started this thing that last year was the year of Andy Milligan. Mm-hmm. We should have just known that starting at that point, the next yeah. year of Astro Radio Z was going to be <laughs> for us the year of Andy Milligan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think, you know, when we always do these kind of things on the show, there's, there's other podcasts that are doing this kind of stuff, but for the most part, all, a lot of the listeners appreciate when we deep dive and we go through and we're exhaustive with this stuff. I, I, I'm thankful for you guys coming on and doing this. The people that actually really get into this, thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Um, I'm glad you've enjoyed uh, this series of episodes. I'm also, you know, 
even having said how much I hated all this stuff, it's nice now having an actual opinion about this stuff, knowing about it. I mean, there's there's more to it than just a, a series of horrible, shitty films, right? which the vast majority of this kind of is. But there are there were a few diamonds in the rough. And this definitely is a singular work of an absolute voice in exploitation film. There really isn't much else out there that's like this, mostly because this is the work of a man that did everything by himself. Mm-hmm. One dude. Mm-hmm. And it shows. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you, you want to see a genuine madman independent to true independent in his filmography Andy Milligan's just about you know the most pure distilled representation of what that would be like so uh check him out if you're one of those people I I don't know not many times in my life I'll I'll go up to somebody say yeah have you heard of Andy Milligan I think you would really like him no that's probably those are probably words that'll never come out of my mouth (laughs) thank you guys for coming on so let's go ahead and move past Andy Milligan and let's let's start Astro Radio Z over again and start watching some movies I actually want to watch shall we shall we folks let's do that that's a good idea that's a good idea yeah, but the movies, yeah, the movies I, I, you want to watch are horrible, too. So what are you talking about? Look at the last episode. Right. You really want to watch well, that thing. That was a trash fest. Oh, well, you're not a you're not a Misfits or Danzig fan. So am, that was am, nothing to you. I am a Misfits and Danzig fan. I just know that Danzig is a complete horrible person now. So it's just. I've, <laughs> Vaughn, did you watch that movie? I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I want to. I want to. Neither have I. Yeah. You haven't. Well, neither of you have watched it no. yet. Huh? <laughs> I will, though. And you both think Surgical is great. You <laughs> might find Veronica to be the best thing you've ever seen. Well, actually, who was it? Somebody online was just saying, oh, I yeah, it was a certain person uh, on uh, Facebook was saying that they went to see Veronica in the theater and loved it. Yes. Like they were it was just a laugh riot. And it was just a great time. And he 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 admitted that it might have been due to that environment that he liked it so much yes. but he watched it again later and he thought that it was actually changed like there was certain things that may have been edited and fixed you know things that may have been laughed at in the theater and that really sucks if that's the case <laughs> well supposedly and I, I bet you i wonder if that was it, was it in the all the gimmicks group no it was in the podcast town group Oh yeah, I I'm not part of that shit, yeah, so I I can't even <laughs> I can't even speak to that. But uh, my my buds that were at the original screening in Chicago, supposedly the story is that that movie showed up, and the reason it was two hours late is because Danzig wa- found out when they were testing it out that the wrong cut was sent. Ooh, they had to find another editor quickly recut. And then show the film. Mm. <laughs> Quickly recut. Okay. Quickly fix the cut. I don't know how anything you see is a fix of a cut in that movie. <laughs> it is the anti-edit of a movie. That is what Veronica is. Yeah, it's great. So anyways, interesting. That would be funny if there are all these multiple versions, like is it, the entire screening process, you know, going to festivals and stuff was just literally him testing 
stuff and each of those festivals had a different version of that movie <laughs> played yeah that'd be wonderful to know but anyways let's let's move on i've i've talked enough about andy milgan talked enough about fucking veronica for the rest of my life let's go ahead and move on to the portion of the show where my guests shamelessly show the fuck out of you for the final time here until we meet again on the podcast evan do you have anything to show on this motherfucker no. <laughs> All right. Is there anything you want to say to the Astro Zombies out there? Well, I, I had a really good time on this. I've never done a podcast before. I'm not sure that I'm a podcaster at heart. But uh it was it was a good it was a good time. Maybe I'll go on Vaughn's I gotta go on Vaughn's podcast and talk about Veronica or something. Yeah. Oh now I can't wait to hear that. You better make that happen, Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, we have to try. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I thank you, Evan, for coming on. This is this has been wonderful. I've had a great time with you on here. Awesome. Aww. So Vaughn. Unlike me, hated every goddamn minute of me being here. So no big deal. Because I've been the, uh, the patron bitch. saint of this poor bastard. You know, and when we first started this, Evan was all like, yeah, 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 yeah. And now he's like, thank God. I'm so happy it's all over. I can just delete, out. I can delete all these files off my computer and just get away from it all. You know. But I'm gonna live with this guy for the rest of my life and keep preaching the, the word of this man um, to no one who will hear me. To be honest. Um, yeah. So. Uh, good, good luck with that one, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Ugh. <laughs> Um, so go ahead and show your ass off. So I run a podcast called Motion Picture Massacre. It's the same thing as this kind of genre horror uh, exploitation podcast. You can find that at motionpicturemassacre.wordpress.com. Um, yeah. If you want to hear me be even less intelligent on another show, listen to that one. Yeah. What's that other show? This show. The one I'm listening to. The one I, the one I do. I'm not, as, I'm not as intelligent on that show as I am on this one. It sounded like you were trying to show a different show. No, I ha- yeah, no. There's a whole bunch of pikes in the fire, but nothing's come to a, a come yet. Yeah. Logs in the fireplaces, yeah. Gene Simmons would say. <laughs> so, anyways, well, folks, thanks for listening. Next episode will not be about Andy Milligan. Yay! Tune in next time for Astro Radio Z. We are 138. Thank you for listening to Astro Radio Z. Astro Radio Z 138, Andy Milligan's triumphant ending was hosted, produced, sadistically tortured, chemically modified, and edited in a shitty hospital lobby by Derek Carey, Evan Gould, Von Kulmier, Evan Shelton, and Daniel Liedenfield. For more information, and to talk to the hosts online, Join the All The Gimmicks Facebook group, and or find us on Twitter at Astro Radio Z. Music played on this episode, which we urge you to go purchase and support can be purchased through the supporting links provided in the show notes. Misfits, we are 138. Divided Humanity, Sacred Scars. Lucifer, Midnight Phantom. Surgical, Psychopathic Awakenings. If you would like to hear more than your regular releases of Astro Radio Z, go over to our Patreon page. For the low price of $1 a month, 
you will receive monthly bonus episodes and much more. Check out what we have to offer and join us for the ultimate ARZ experience at patreon.com forward slash Z. Enjoy the remaining moments of your mortal existence. Astro Zombies Astro Radio Z will return next month, from the bowels of hell to your blown out speakers.